On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, Jen Watson joins me to go through a bunch of stuff that's been going on this week in the world. Stick around and enjoy. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Time for the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio. And there's someone we'd love to get on here. We've we've had her on a number of times because we love her insights her points of view her takes on different things she is a former chml reporter she is now a voice actor she is someone known to everyone who listens her name is jen watson and and by the way jen welcome to the show thanks for doing this again hey scott thanks for having me and i should tell people as we're doing this the last time jen was on and i'm a little embarrassed by this story the last time jen was on was last summer and after the show was over it was a beautiful night out so she and her husband came over to the house i invited them over and we sat out back and had a cool beverage and as the sun was going down my back was to the wall they were looking at the wall yes and all of a sudden i remember i rem- all of a sudden we are told a a mouse just ran up your wall and it was humiliating and embarrassing and mortifying it's like we are not no! overrun with mice honestly but it was like oh no now they think that we are the house that's filled with mice and mice poo all over the place and we're the oh, filthy yeah, house definitely. anyway it was it was it was i'm sure people have had this before i'm sure people have had, I, I wasn't gonna you know you i know you did not expect that when i brought you on the first thing i was gonna say was tell me your embarrassing stories but i gotta tell you that was that we went in after went, that we, that is so humiliating i don't know why oh, a mouse no, running up our wall was embarrassing <clears throat> It was outside. Now, had it been inside, uh, you might have seen me run screaming, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. And, and But I was thinking as I was talking about that, I, I was thinking, do I ask Jen to start the show today by talking about embarrassing stories? I, I don't know if I have the courage to do that, although I will tell you one other one, maybe to uh, to encourage you to share one if you like. Back in high school, <laughs> a long time ago, uh, I had a girlfriend in high school and we were in her house and we were, I don't know, in the kitchen making lunch or something. And this was back in the eighties and ZZ top was playing on the radio and we had it cranked up nice and loud. And for some reason I had my glasses off and I'm blind as a bat without my glasses. And I'm dancing to the song and singing along. It was the song legs by ZZ top. And as (laughs) I thought my girlfriend came around the corner, I pointed at her at the, at the chorus and went, you got legs. And it was her mother. And, Uh. um, (laughs) so the mouse, the mouse embarrassing that one, more so, and Jen, I we could go on all night, but um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you care Everyone's to share it? Embarrassing. You want you want to share one or, or or no? Oh yeah, I can laugh at myself. So <laughs> probably one of the funniest, like, and I still laugh about it <clears throat> to this day. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> uh, it was about maybe four or five years ago now. Um, Jay and I, my husband, we went to a wedding for these people on our baseball team. And so we're there and I knew that the, I went to high school with the groom as well. And I knew that one of his friends that would be there, it was one of my ex-boyfriends. And, you know, this is years and years ago, but I hadn't seen him in like 10 years. And, you know, it was kind of a, you know, when you're, it was kind of a dramatic breakup, if you will. Right. So you still <laughs> like, I'm like, you still kind of like you know, a little nervous, like, I don't know how it's going to go. Like we're all married and have kids now. Right. But just still. And so whatever, the wedding's fine, the reception, we have some drinks. And so I say, okay, I'm going to go over and say hi. 
Jay's like, okay, fine. He's sitting at the table. So I go sit down. I start chatting with him, you know, whatever. It was all, everything was cool, which I knew it would be. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, it was nice catching up. I get up to leave the table. And as I turn around, I trip over my own two feet. My high heel gets stuck in like the toe of my other shoe. And I fall flat (laughs) on my face right there at the table and then our other mutual friend is sitting there and saw it and he's howling laughing his butt off and like he has the loudest highest laugh and then so i'm you know had several drinks so then of course i'm laughing on the ground and then he's holding up my shoes because i came out of my shoes completely and they were stuck together and he's going how did you do this how did you do this like i don't know man and then so whatever put my shoes back on i go sit down back at my table sitting next to Jay. And I said, did you see me this over there? And he looks up from his phone. He's like, you fell? He missed the whole thing. I'm like, how did you miss that? That's probably for the best. Yeah. I'm like, but everybody else saw it. (laughs) So that's, that sounds about right. After 10 years, there's, there's a, it's probably for the best. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, one of these days I'm going to do a show on, on a slow day when there's no news and there's never been no news for like months, but on a slow day when there's no news, I may just do a a thing where we do an hour of letting people call in and tell their embarrassing stories. Cause here's the funny thing, Jen, that I've noticed about this. Everybody's embarrassed about them, but they all want to tell them. Yeah. Especially, especially under the, under the cover of anonymity, which radio provides, they'd be fine to do that. I think. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, and uh, yeah, some people don't have a sense of humor about themselves, but you know, my mom had always said, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? Right. So I'm, you know, unfortunately I'm that friend. If you fall, I'm going to laugh at you, but I'm going to ask if you're okay and help you up. But Hey, if it's me falling, you better laugh at me too. (laughs) See, I thought when you said, if you can't laugh at myself, who can I laugh at? I thought you were going to say, well, my husband, obviously that that's who I can laugh at. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jen, I got to tell you, of all the stuff we talked about on the show this week, maybe in the past month, one story has fired me up more than any other story. Uh-huh. And that is the story about in Vancouver, where the school board in Vancouver has decided that it is going to cancel its honors programs, its advanced programs for students who want to do, who are advanced and want to speed ahead and do honor stuff. They've got rid of that because it doesn't foster equity. It, it creates inequities among students, they say. And therefore, we have to get rid of this. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, we had a great guest on to talk about this, but I listened to this story and I think this is so typical of modern everybody gets a trophy thinking. To say that we can't have a course or a program that 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 caters to people who want to pursue excellence or who are great at something because someone's feelings might be hurt. I, I'm sorry, I don't know about you, but this to me is the absolute epitome of stupid modern thinking. I yeah, I didn't I haven't heard that, but that just seems ridiculous to me. I mean there there's different everyone learns at a different level everybody like no we're not we're not equal in that way and sure everybody should have equal opportunity but so everybody has to like if my kid who you know is in elementary school had to do that and you know suddenly that's what happens when kids get bored they can fall through the cracks because they're bored and then behavioral issues can develop in that sense you know what i mean like why punish 
other kids who can, you know, who, who may be at a higher level. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't to me either. And one of the other things that comes out of this that I think is just, it drives me insane is the fact that they talk about equity and equ- and basically equate it but to the definition of, of equality. And those are two different things. We can never have equal, we can never have true equality in school because unless you get rid of grades, get rid of marks, don't have any tests. And even then, you're going to know who the students are. It's not about equality. Equal- equity is the opportunity that, you know what, if you're really good, you can get into those courses and you can take them. If you can keep up, if you can show excellence, if you can work really hard. And as long as every student has the opportunity to do that, that's equity. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking, it seems, about equity. We're saying we want equal results. That's not, I don't, I don't believe that's a reasonable thing to set as the, as the utopia. Because it will never exist. And how, how is that going to be equal to anybody? Like, it, doesn't, well, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. How is that equal? If you have, you know, some kids who are on a different level, whether it's higher or lower or, you know, how is that equal to anybody? Someone's going to suffer, right? But like you said, if, if, if a child can maintain, work up to something or w- whatever level they're at, they should have the opportunity to pursue that or learn at that level. What were you good at in school, Jen? What was something you were really good at in school? Um, I was good at, um, in English. I was good in Okay, so we'll take English. Uh, no. What were you, ba- what yeah, were you bad at? But what were you bad at in school or my, not my nearly as good? Yeah. Was probably like either science or math. Okay. So now there are people who were in your class, I'm sure. And you, you actually reflect me. That, that's what, that was similar to me. There were, I'm sure, people in your school who were great at science and math and really had a hard time with English. But I I look at this and I think, so what, we're supposed to now say, well, we don't really want to point to the people who, I mean, if you've got a strength, play to that strength, encourage that strength, give, give, give a reason to want to strive to be even better. And if you're not good at it and you really want to be in this honors program, give you or give someone a reason to say, I'm going to work harder now so I can be in that. I, I, yeah. th- this to me is, and I talked about this on the show the other day, this to me is lowering the bar so no one's feelings get hurt rather than raising the bar to make everybody better. Well, yeah, then what do you have to strive for? You know, if it's just like, well, if I just meet the bare minimum, you know, or just, you know, if I get to here, then that's all I have to do. And that's it. Like, why would anybody try harder? My daughter, <laughs> my daughter is in karate. A little example, and she said, and she she moved up into um, uh, uh, the next belt level. And today, she we were coming home, and she says, you know that I, I miss being in the other class. I said, why? She's like, well, like today was kind of hard. For the other class, like the moves were easier. And I said, well, you did that longer. You you had more. You were practicing and practicing, and then you learned those moves very well, and that's why you moved up to the next belt level. I said. I said, if if everything was easy, it would get very boring very, very quickly. I said, you need to have a challenge. You need to learn new things. You know, it it should, it can't just be the same all the time. You know, you have to strive for something. It is, um, this is something that I, I worry that not everybody, certainly not everybody, but I worry that in some places we are losing the concept of meritocracy. And, and look, I understand that there are people who, due to circumstances beyond their control, are 
uh, have I have challenges. Um, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But at the same time, if you are excellent at something, I don't believe you should be held back or not given the opportunity to blossom and flourish because there is someone who doesn't necessarily have that same ability or the same opportunity. And, you know, you look around the rest of the world, we got to run here. I look around the rest of the world and I think, you know, in other parts of the world where their education system doesn't have, they're laughing at this. You, North America, you want to have your, your kids, the bright kids, but not able to really get ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. We'll push our best and brightest forward and we'll, we'll, we'll see you later on. Yeah, what's that going to do for, you know, the, the future, you know, leaders of tomorrow, as yeah. you say, you know, and, and all of that, the, the ingenuity and the creativity and all of that, that, you know, kind of puts a country on, on a world stage or is a, the mm. country is leading in a certain industry, you know, and if if we're to say, well, you know, it's just as long as you get to here, then that's good enough. I, I, we got to run, as I say, but I mean, think about the moon program. I've been thinking about the moon program this week a little bit. We had a situation, a story, maybe think of it. Imagine if you had not taken the best and bright of it, brightest and pushed them to greatness, but you said, well, we just got to make sure everybody gets an opportunity. <laughs> they would never have made it. You, you, you celebrate brilliance and you celebrate and push people to be better, but apparently that's not equitable, which Mm, wow. I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know. It, it, it frustrates me to no end that we're doing this, but apparently this mm-hmm. is the new thing. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML. There are those, we're not quite a Canada day yet. We're not quite a July 1st, but there are those who are saying we should not be celebrating Canada day. That Canada day, rather than a celebration of Canada should be a time of mourning. Um, one, uh, one, professor was saying that uh, Canada Day is uh, is really now a celebration of colonization, oppression, and genocide. And not to be picking on BC, because we were out there talking about the Vancouver School War, but the city of Victoria has cancelled its Canada Day now, saying it's it's just not going to do anything. What, what do we do with this? What, do we, do we, should we have Canada Day, or should we just throw the towel in the whole thing and say, no, we've got some problems in this country, therefore we can't celebrate? Uh, you know, it's that this whole thing is just devastating. And, you know, I do see, I do see the side and, and, you know, maybe instead of canceling it, maybe we need to sort of, you know, take that day to reflect and, and change, you know, change the message and maybe try and, uh, I don't know, you know, turn it into, I don't know, maybe something. A day of mourning. Uh, not even a day of mourning, but maybe like a day like to remember, to reflect a day to, you know, sort of change and move forward and like, you know, and not forget what happened. Um, Because, you know, I mean, then you hear the stories about, you know, people taking down the statues and the monuments and, you know, it's just so divisive. And, and, and I can understand why on, on both sides. And it's a tough one. But, I mean, I don't know that I'd say canceling it, but I think maybe we need to sort of change the change the meaning a bit and maybe alter the ceremony and what we do, what we talk about, what we, you know, what we acknowledge on that day. See, I, I look at this and I'm, I am in no way belittling what's happened out in, you know, with the, the kids that were found at the residential school and, and all the rest of stuff. That That's a, that's a, an important thing to be dealing with and discussing and I know there are some other issues that are going on that, you know, the questions about Johnny McDonald, 
although a lot of it ties to the residential schools and, and same with Ryerson. I just refuse to believe that on balance that we should be throwing out the concept of Canada and and lashing ourselves as saying this country is a failed experiment that we should not be celebrating. Therefore, we should have no Canada Day. I reject that. On balance, there's a reason why hundreds of thousands of people from around the world are still trying desperately to come here. Yeah. I mean, if we were the if we were the entirely horrendous hellhole that some would suggest we are, you would think that we would not be a desirable location for people from around the world, but we really, really are. And I I I think it's I think it's completely overdone to say that we can't celebrate this country and that we can have no celebration for Canada Day. We can do that and still be aware of what's happened with the residential schools and aware of other issues. The two can coexist. We can love the fact that we love the country and love living here and love what this country is about. We're, we're, that can still be done. Right. And I would agree with that for sure. I mean, you know, there are, I, you know, I know people that yes, came to this country when they were kids fleeing wars and uh, they're, they're so grateful to be here and to have the opportunities that they have been given. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you don't want to just cancel it and throw it away and ignore those parts, but you know, there's definitely, you know, has to be some reflection and, you know, I, I hate hearing the argument. Well, you know, that was you know a long time ago. Why am I being blamed for, you know, something that I didn't do and happened a long time ago. And it's not that long ago, 1996, I was, you know, just starting high school. Like, that's not that long ago. And I didn't know about any of that when I was in high school. I didn't know that residential schools existed like that. That wasn't something we they taught. So, you know, I think that um, there needs to be bigger reflection. There needs to be way more. It needs to be taught way more in schools. And... Um, and that's okay. Yeah, I, and, and that's totally yeah. okay. And that's, and that's a good idea. I'm just not sure that we need to take the day that we celebrate all the things that are good about the country and throw them out. And then if you do that, then what, what is the country? If we take, if we, if we can't celebrate any of the things because the bad stuff is now so much greater than the good stuff is, what do we have as a country? What, what, what yeah. is Canada then? And, 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 you know, like what's left of the experiment that is Canada. If we can, if we say celebrating Canada is inappropriate, I, I, as I say, I reject that. I reject that without rejecting the other things that you just said. I think, as I say, I think they can go hand in hand. Yeah. And I think maybe just because of how recent this discovery is, um, that it just might, how, how it looks, the optics to some people. Um, it looks terrible. Um, and that, but yeah, like you're right though. I think that it can exist together. We can celebrate, but we can also reflect and, and honor those lives lost. And, you know, I hope that, um, more people are aware of what happened and that somebody's got to be held accountable, I would think. And again, I, I see that as a I see that as something that is an important thing to have happen. Mm-hmm. But the idea that that Canada then that we have to cancel the idea of a day that celebrates the country entirely, that somehow mm-hmm. that if you then celebrate Canada Day, as this professor says, that all you're doing is celebrating colonization, oppression, and genocide. Is that all that Canada is? 
I mean, is that all? If if you break it down, is Canada is the full extent of Canada's history nothing more, and our our shared existence is it nothing more than that? See, no, I, I don't of think so. Not. But I think how it started, and, and you know the the people who who you know sort of formed and formed the country. That's what you know. That's on their shoulders. That's you know. So it it kind of looks that way, though. It looks like that this is what it was founded on. This is what they did. And, you know, to celebrate our birthday from 1867 when it was founded on those, those things um, and spearheaded by those people, it looks terrible, but you know, it doesn't mean that that's all it, all it is. Like, yeah, you can, I think, I think there can be both. I don't think that it has to be canceled but again i think it's just maybe the timing and how you know how recent it is that maybe you know this canada day isn't they're they're feeling maybe there isn't as much to celebrate right now in light of that you're listening to the scott radley show podcast on 900 chml jen i read a really um interesting piece this afternoon about the return to being human and after COVID and after being locked up and after not having interpersonal connections, except for those in our homes, really, the, 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 the piece asked the question of how comfortable will you be going back to shaking hands, going back to hugging someone, going back to be in someone's house with a mask off, all those kind of things. Are you, are you there? If someone extended a hand to shake your hand right now, would you shake their hand or would you recoil no i would shake it yeah i think i think i would slide right back into uh i'm i'm a very (laughs) i I like to hug and uh yeah no i and i i think i would slide right back into it no problem yeah i see i'm the same but i but it does cross your mind now there's been more than a few times there's been more than a few times I've gone just as a, as a reflex, I've gone to shake someone's hand and then caught myself just as the hand began moving up into position. And I thought, Oh, you know, that's, that's, they're not going to want that. To do that. Yes. Yes. And I wonder when that will change that, that when some, I wonder when, have you had anyone try to shake your hand yet since the, since the pandemic? Um, no, I haven't really met anybody new though. No, but even as a friend or someone, and, and I guess, you know, I don't, well, I mean, I've, I've hugged my sister and, you know, I've hugged my nieces and they're, you know, they're, they're still in our bubble. I, you know, I need, I need to have family, you know, in, in, uh, in my bubble. I, you know, that's my support system. So. Okay. But what about a friend that you haven't necessarily seen for a year, year and a half, two years, if she came up and went to hug you, you'd be okay with that? Uh, yeah, I hugged, I hugged a friend that I hadn't seen in, in a while, just the other day, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's great. I mean, I look, I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think we've, we've, we've taken something away that's important and, and perhaps out of necessity, but I wonder how it's going. I, I was just wondering to myself and you've answered it for you, but I haven't had the experience yet where someone has actually gone ahead and extended their hand to shake it. And I'm wondering when the, when that that will that will be melted when the ice will be broken for someone to do that and if that will get everything going again yeah i mean you know i i wonder if it will take something i mean it i i think for this you know you have to assess your own comfort level of you know what your risk your comfort level is is and 
I don't know. So you do what you're comfortable with, but you know, not everyone's going to know what you're comfortable with. Right. So you might go to extend a hand and then you're going to get rejected. And, you know, actually that happened to my sister. It was like last winter, I think she actually went to shake somebody's hand and we weren't in a lockdown or anything like that. And, uh, he kind of, you know, uh, did like, you know, put out his elbow instead. She's like, Oh, okay. You know, and he's like, Oh, not that I'm, you know, not that I'm scared or whatever, but he still did put out his elbow, you know? So, um, yeah, because one of the things we were in between, you know, phases where we were allowed to see people, but we weren't. And that's the thing. It was so, you know, you're not sure what you're supposed to do. You're not sure. (laughs) Exactly. You're not sure what you're supposed to do. And, and look, we live in a multicultural society and that's fantastic. And the one tricky part maybe of that sometimes is that different cultures have different traditions and different norms and different. And so you know, I, I remember one time that I, you know, I extended my hand to, they kiss, right. Isn't that right. But there, there are others, there are others where it's seen as almost like, I guess, offensive or inappropriate for a man to extend his hand to shake a woman's hand. Oh, and, and I went to do that and she didn't. And I felt ridiculous, but now it's fine. It was my fault for not knowing that was the situation, but it, it's not exactly the same, but I do wonder how many people are going to, when we try to get back to normal, are still going to not want to do it. How long it's going to be before everybody kind of says, yeah, okay, you know what? We, we can go back to doing that now. There's, I think yeah, there's going to be a lot of awkward half shakes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe when it's finally declared over, when the officials, you know, uh, high above declare everything, okay, it's the, the pandemic is officially over. Maybe, you know, but I think maybe there still might be some people who are because I think this has really heightened a lot of anxiety for some people. Like there are some people who already have, you know, a bit of OCD with germs and stuff like that. And I, you know, I know some people that, you know, it's really gotten to them and really heightened everything for them. And, you know, it's not it's not healthy. It's, it's, it's a weird way to live. It's a weird way to live yeah. to be on pins and needles all the time, not knowing if you can greet someone because they are going to still be in a panicky state. And, but this is, this, this was the fascinating thing about this, uh, this article is when are we going to get back to normal? And the answer I think is who knows. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML. This is a story that we've heard versions of this story before. But there's reading uh, this week about a Mississippi high school student who went to her prom and was sent home because teachers said that the dress she was wearing was just way too inappropriately sexy oh. and just too much, just too much. And as I say, we've heard stories with students complaining about teachers telling them to go home and change into something more appropriate at different places and different times. Should schools be able to have any kind of say over what students wear? Should there be points where teachers and principals can say that's not appropriate for school or because it always seems to get the schools in trouble or should we just say whatever you want? eh, Fine. Figure it out yourself. Oh, I don't know. That's, uh, you know, like as a mom now, <laughs> I'd be like, of know, a daughter, of a daughter, of a daughter for sure. And of a son, like it goes yes. both ways, right? Like, um, well, my daughter did today. She came down, she's like, mommy, I made up my own skirt. And you know, it was a shirt that she turned into a skirt. She's like, can I wear this? I'm like, oh no, you can't. 
because <laughs> it wouldn't have been appropriate. Um, but it was funny, and you know, she was just joking around. But I mean, I, I'm trying to look for this. Uh, I want to see this dress. I'm sitting in front of my computer, and I want to see uh, what this dress was, so I can, you know, maybe get give a bit of an opinion. But so I mean, it's all it's general, the pictures are. Yeah, the pictures are not great, although it's a two-piece dress, apparently, that sort of showed a midriff and showed a lot of cleavage and had a sort of cut down the back almost to the top of her butt crack. I mean, it was uh, it, it, oh, it was wow. a it, it was kind of it was a very adult dress. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, you know, it, like it wasn't it for if you're trying to imagine at home what this was like. I, I wouldn't describe it as a stripper dress, something like that. But it was, you know, it was. It, I don't even know if I'd call it risque, but it was. Uh, I, I'm I mean, loath to use anything. I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with a little bit of you know midriff, um, per se. Um, and and again, but I guess maybe part of the issue is that it seems to be always perhaps girls being sent home or like, ha has there been a boy sent home for, because his outfit was too revealing. And then that gets to the point where it's like, well, if it's, you know, if a girl has a dress that's, you know, considered too revealing, then it's going to distract people. And then, you know, they're turning that into her problem where it's, you know, people say, well, maybe that's that boy's problem. Maybe those boys need to be taught, you know, but. And I, I would agree age, with that. I would agree with that, except th I, I don't, what would it, um, help me out, what would a guy wear to school that would be sort of the equivalent of a really, really tiny top or, I mean, I suppose a guy Maybe could no wear some, well, and, and you know what, I think if a guy came to school with no top, they would send him home and tell him to get a top yeah. on. I do think that schools would do that. Um, sure. Or if he wore pants that were, you know, so tight that it was ridiculous. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they would send him home. I think they probably would. Um, but you know, I look at this and I go, I, I, I don't know that there's a, 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 that anyone wins in this one, because as I say, it seems every single time we hear a story like this, the principal or the teacher is getting shredded for being sexist, for sending a girl home from school. Yeah. And yet I, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks that surely there is a line that you cannot cross, that you have to show up. There has to be some, and I don't know where the line is, Jen. I have no idea, but there has to be yeah. some decorum in what you're wearing to school. I was just, yeah, exactly. I think th there does. And w I mean, look at an office, you know, in the real world, you know, there are certain things that you, you would, you wouldn't wear to an office. It's not professional job. You know, there are dress codes. Whether people like it or not, that's the way it is, you know? And so, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, but yeah, exactly. Where's that line, you know? And it sounds like now, and I'm, I'm reading into this. It sounds like it was a female principal who sent this student home from the prom. But, oh my goodness, if this had been a male principal who had sent her home, um, now, now you've ratcheted up the, the, the situation even more because now it's sexist and now it's this and it's that. And, and, it, and, you know, it, the argument is mm -hmm. going to be, it was sexist anyway. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what schools are supposed to do in the rare case when someone shows up and what they're wearing is by 
maybe not most, certainly not all, but by some, maybe by many people's definition would be inappropriate. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one for sure. I, I still can't find this dress. It's like the I can't fi- I can't find it. I want to see it now. <laughs> well, I'm going to email it to you, but over the break, okay. and you can uh, you can take a look. But it's um, yeah, it, it's uh, I've now you've got me thinking. I'm I'm trying to imagine what a guy. Now maybe it's a real obvious one. Maybe there are women out there who would tell me, but I'm trying to imagine what a guy would wear to school that would be so inappropriate and 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 sexualized that they would send him home from school. I'm, I'm, I don't know what that would be, but I, I'm sure there is an answer. I'm sure there is. Anyway, that's uh, just the, the, the moral of the story here is don't put, maybe don't put your principal in that position or if you're a principal, just let it go and let the students look after. have it, have fashion Darwinism. The students can look after themselves maybe with this one. I don't know. Let's take yeah, a break I for mean, the news. Yeah. We're going to come back with, go ahead. Sorry, quickly. No, no, I was just saying, I mean, if, if their parents are kind of okay with it, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> then, then have at it. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. So uh, there is now talk of, um, I think it's in Quebec first. I'm going to pull this up. I should have done this before, but I forgot to grab it. Uh, but I believe it's Quebec where there is talk of a significant sugar tax. They're going to be putting a like a big-time tax, 20% or something, on pop and other sugary items. And there is there are people around this country that think this should be something that a lot of other places adopt, that if you want to buy something that's got, you know, it's junk food, it's got sugar in it, that you should pay a high, high tax, like we do with cigarettes, really, but do it yeah. with pop. Would you be on board with something like that? No, that's, they've talked about this for a while now. I've said this before, like years ago, they've talked about it. And this is ridiculous. If you don't, if you, if, if you don't want to drink it, then you don't drink it. The simple as that, you know, it, it has it discouraged the price of cigarettes. Has that discouraged people from smoking? No, you're going to make room for it in your budget. If that's what you want to do, that's what you're going to do, you know? Like my mom was a lifetime smoker. It didn't discourage her. And I remember I, there's a corner store, uh, a house away from mine. I used to go and get cigarettes for my parents because we were allowed to then, you know, and watching the prices go up, right? Two, four, five, whatever, up to 10, it's almost like 20 bucks a pack now or something ridiculous. I don't even know, but it's not going to discourage people from, from doing it at all. If they want to do it, if they want to do it badly enough, they're going to do it. And one of the yeah. one of the criticisms of the sugar tax, as people call it, or the sweet tax, or whatever, is that it's going to affect negatively affect the poorest people the most. Because I mean, I, look, I, I don't know that poor people drink more pop than rich people, but apparently that's one of the arguments that's made that says that people who are not who don't have a lot of money tend to drink, I guess, more sugary beverages and so really what you're doing is you're just impacting the people you don't want to impact the most yeah i mean i think that you know you you hear from the experts who say that you know a lot of people with lower incomes you know they rely on the quick dinners the you know the frozen dinners the canned items those kinds of things that are high in sodium high in sugar you know the the quick snacks after school all that stuff um yeah could it, that very well could be the case if you know that's what you know people people with lower incomes rely on 
because, you know, and, I, yeah, I need a quick, you know, something quick. Here's a after school or, you know, and I do, I, you know, put little treats in my kids' lunches or snacks after school. Like, sure, we all do it, you know, but um, at the end of the day, if people are, want to buy it, they're going to buy it. I should clarify, it was not Quebec. I thought it was Quebec. It's Newfoundland and Labrador that is posing this or throwing this out as a possibility right now. But again, a lot of other places talking about this. The problem that I have with it more than anything, and again, let's go back for a second. What people are proposing here, those who are in favor of it, say if if you drink a lot of this stuff, you are more likely, if you look at countries like Mexico, for example, have a very high rate of diabetes and they have a very high rate of pop consumption um if you if you put this tax on it at least the people who are then theoretically more likely to need expensive medical care down the road they have contributed to that that's that's among the thoughts i mean the first thought is let's prevent it by scaring them off but the second one is okay but we're going to make you pay for what you're going to get from our health care later on the problem with that jen while i while i understand that and there is some common sense to that why just pop it why just sugar yeah Anything. Why not tax I mean, everything that's we bad all, for you? We all pay. We all pay for our health care. So you know what? <laughs> Just because I may not, you know, access this part of our health care system, somebody else might. Like that's part of what you do. So why are we going to suddenly, you know, p- try and punish people for it? Give me a break. Like that's just the most. It's it's a tax grab. It's a cash grab. The government clearly needs to find more ways to make money. You know, off of off of people. That's well, what it sounds like and it, to me. No, no. And I think, I think there's probably a lot of people listening who say, wait, I, I think that's a good idea. I think that makes some sense. And my answer to that again is, okay, if we are going to say that drinking pop or, or sugary things is bad for you and therefore you should contribute because you're more likely to need to use healthcare, surely if you buy a skateboard you should have to pay an extreme premium chunk of tax on that because the chances of you hurting yourself on a skateboard are more than someone who doesn't use a skateboard. Or sure. if you ride a motorcycle that you're, or, I mean, you can go down the list. You could literally, Jen, pick almost anything that we do in our society and anything we eat or consume or are around and say, well, there's if you risk. do that, there's, there's a risk. Of course. And, I mean, you know, let's let's tax, uh, you know, extra, put extra tax on the fast food that, you know, people go, it, you know, Tim Hortons, whatever it is. And like you, you can't sure you can assume that, oh, well, because if you drink all that, that, you know, you're going to pay for it. You're going to use up those resources in the healthcare system. But, you know, people's health issues and why they land in hospital is more than one thing, you know, it's not just, and how can you just attribute it? Well, you know, you probably ate way too much sugar. So, you know, it, there's genetics at play. There's environmental factors. There's so many other things at play with somebody's health that you can't just pinpoint it and say, Oh, there you go. Yeah. You, you drank too much pop. This is why you have diabetes and whatever, you know, well, let's let's throw another one cancer and never smoked a day in their life. Yes. Yes, because and let's throw another one out there, bar. Jen. Let's throw out the idea that that would be very uncomfortable. We know that certain illnesses uh, can be the result of obesity. Yeah. So do we now have a fat tax? 
I mean, who's, who's going to try and enforce that one by going around with the pinchers and, and checking everybody in their home to know what their weight is and what their BMI is or whatever else. And, and no one in their right mind would even propose such a thing. But if you're going to say that we need to tax sugar because it could affect your health and cost the healthcare system, then maybe that's not such a crazy idea. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it for a second. Um, no, take another one. I... Go ahead. No, well, I was just going to take one other one, which is get really confusing. If you play a sport, let's say you play hockey, the chances of you breaking an arm or breaking a leg could be higher than someone who doesn't. But if you yep. don't play hockey, the chances of you being sedentary and being unhealthy and maybe getting diabetes because you're not exercising could be higher. So now which side do you tax? Yeah. You know, and why is it that, say for, you know, the sugar tax, why is it that the consumer gets the, you know, the raw end of the deal? What about the people, the, what about the manufacturers? What about the people? And, you know, I know that there's guidelines and there's rules, that, you know, you have to put stuff on the label. But, you know, if you really want to uh, affect change in that way and keep people healthy, then how about you start making the people who make these things accountable and allowing them, okay, you can only have this much, you can only do this. Well, they wouldn't. Because they bring jobs, they bring, you know, that they employ people. So you're not going to tell them you can't put this in your product. Well, fine, we'll just go sell it somewhere else. So you're going to make the consumer pay. Well, and even, yeah, the consumer will end up paying. Even if you were to then charge the company, you got to pay X amount of tax. Well, they're not going to eat that, pardon the pun. They're going to pass it on to the <laughs> consumer. And so everyone is going yeah. to end up paying for this. And it's always the consumer that always ends up with it. I, I'm, yeah, yeah I, I, perhaps, I, perhaps I, I, these governments need to learn how to like spend money properly <laughs> instead of finding, trying to find new ridiculous ways to tax us, you know, That's you're such an, uh, you're such a, you're such an idealist, <laughs> Jen, you're I such know. an idealist Go governments, governments spending money carefully. Come on. Yeah. That that's, 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 that, that's, just a that's ludicrous. Yeah, it's a pipe dream. And and, and here's yeah. the thing. I mean, look, with the money that's been spent during COVID by governments of all stripes oh, and all levels, yep. they're going to be desperate in the years ahead to find new streams of taxes. And so, you know, whether it's we're going to see an increase, look, we're going to see an increase in everything. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they say. We are going to see increases in taxes up and down and sideways and backwards, capital gains and and inheritance taxes and sugar taxes and this tax and that tax and every tax <laughs> yep. and, and, you know, home sale taxes, even though people will freak out because they are suddenly so far in debt. And if anything goes wrong with the economy, they are going to have to find ways. And so we are going to be hit with this stuff. I'm, I, and so the sugar tax, you know, I, I think while it's, I think it's stupid, I, I I don't doubt for a second that it'll come into play in some places. Somewhere, some it's going to happen. You know, the yeah, the price of everything. You're right. The price of wood right now is ridiculous. Do you think that's going to come yes. back down? Probably not. Um. Well, it should. It should because Marvin Ryder was on. Marvin Ryder was on the show last night explaining it. That oh, part of the reason that. here. And, and yeah, and and everybody thought that when COVID hit, that nobody would need wood, so the manufacturers all stopped harvesting it and then discovered oh wait everyone at home has decided to do their home renovations and we don't have enough yeah. product so theoretically once things get back up to full steam 
the price should come down. However, the question is, will the companies look at this and go, wait, what if we just don't bring the prices back down? We can make more money now. We can make more money. Yeah. Who's ever going to say no to more money? Who, what, what shareholder or whatever is going to say no to more profit? Yes, it is. Uh, that, that's, that, that's a, uh, yeah, well, let's, let's leave that one there. All right. I want one more thing to ask you about before we go. And you are a mother, you've had a couple kids. Um, you've been down this path before of wanting to find out, I guess, if it's a boy or a girl, there was a, in, in Alberta, a couple decided yeah. they were going to have a gender reveal party and, um, use some explosives and ended up causing a large brush fire oh, <laughs> that, no. that they're now being, they're now being fined for and on and on. So my question is this, Jen, um, I, I, I know about gender reveal parties, obviously we're well aware of them. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's probably about the past, I don't know, five, six, seven, ten years that this has become a thing, whatever, whatever was wrong with finding out what you were having as a boy or a girl when the child was born. Whatever was wrong with that idea? Nothing, because that's what I did. I didn't know either but either time I was pregnant. I didn't want to know. I wanted to be surprised. And my daughter is six. My son is four. So it wasn't that long ago. And it drove my family crazy. <laughs> did it? Come on. What? Do you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they were like, and we our babies weren't named ahead of time. I mean, we had a list of, you know, boys and girls names that we liked. And, you know, we didn't decide on uh, the baby's names until they were born. And sometimes 12 hours later when, okay, what do we want to do? You know, uh, but I loved, I loved it being a surprise. That was, um, that was the best. I, I didn't bother me at all, not knowing. Um, no, that was one of my favorite things about being pregnant was not having any clue. And then just that it's a, you know, after that moment, it was, it was great. I loved it. So, I mean, and, and I, I know like I've got nieces and nephews and while my brother and my brother's significant other and my sister were pregnant, we did know they did find out for some of them. Um, and that was cool. That was fine. That was what they wanted to do, but it was not this big gender reveal, you know, some of the extent that, I mean, these people set off a brush fire, they should be held responsible. <laughs> yeah, we've heard of others who started a forest fire before and yes. other things, but, but uh, I mean, I, I always find this funny because the, 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 the feeling now, I guess, is that, well, we should know ahead of time. It's why wait? Why? And I keep thinking to myself, wait, but we still wrap Christmas gifts, don't we? Like yeah. we, we don't, we haven't, we haven't gotten to the point where we say, well, I can't wait to find out what I'm getting for Christmas. So don't wrap it, put it under the tree. So I know what it's going to be. I won't touch it until it's Christmas time. We don't do yeah. that because there's still the fun of not knowing. I, I, I'm with you. I don't understand it. If I, with our two kids, we didn't know. And that's the way we wanted it. And I would, if we had more, which we're not, uh, but I would not want to know. I, I just, I don't understand this one. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there are some people, a lot of um, women I know that, you know, oh, I, I'm a planner, I need to know, I need to have everything done. They they like, you know, you know, because you definitely do go through that nesting phase where you want to get everything ready, you want to know. But I mean, I was very happy to do, uh, you know, it, everything was just, and it wasn't just like grays and yellows. I mean, the baby's room, I painted gray, I liked gray, our living room was gray, you know, and um yeah, and then I just, it was colors. It was all colors, red, blue, yellow, you know, orange. It didn't matter, right? It was kind of, 
it doesn't matter. It didn't matter to me. Um, but some people just want to be prepared and know exactly. I mean, we, I also did, I had, um, my baby showers after the baby was born. A lot of people now will do baby showers while the mother is still pregnant. And then, and of course, well, if that's the case, then you usually know what the, what the gender is. Mm. Um, but you know, there are some people like, well, gender doesn't matter, like pink, blue, whatever, you know, um, cause that's obviously a whole other stereotypical, hmm. you know, conversation, but, um, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of people don't do the shower after the baby's born, but I grew up when my cousins were born and stuff like that. And my aunts, we all did the shower after and you went, you got to see the baby, you got to hold the baby, you got to, you know, and that's what I did. I liked it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, what I'm, the sense I get from this and, and maybe I'm just a cynic, but I mean, there are certain holidays on the calendar that we all know have been driven by Hallmark and the card companies because, you know, we got to mm-hmm. get though we got to, well, I, I, somebody, some company, some people are making money off these gender reveals. And I just have a feeling this is a, this is all a, a financial thing. We just, gender reveals are going to make money for people. So let's just keep pushing them and let's find the new thing too. After gender reveal, Let's have, I don't know what the next thing could be. Let's have height reveal. Let's have, let's, I mean, I don't know what, what else. Reveal. Yeah. I don't know what else you could come up with. I don't know what else would work, but you know, well, you know what? They're, they're actually, first haircut part. <laughs> if you, if you Google it, I read it, uh, oh, it might've been last year or whatever. Um, the, the woman who sort of invented the gender reveal, like the first one to do it, um, I, I believe, it might have been about 10 years ago or so, but um, that baby that was she did the gender reveal for, um, I, I can't remember. I think it might have been a girl, um, but now they, they, they use, like they don't identify with their gender that they were assigned at birth. And so she wrote a whole blog post about how, you know, it's ironic that I do this whole gender reveal and now my child doesn't identify with that gender and then, you know, commented on... Um, everything that's sort of how it's kind of exploded since she did it. And I think it might've stemmed from that uh, forest fire result. It was more in the state, but, and then of course, for sure, companies have definitely um, piggybacked on it and have created, you know, you get the certain balloons and you can, you know, you pop the balloon and whatever color it is, cakes, you know, the inside of cakes, like they, it just has gotten so huge now that for sure there's companies that have found a way to profit from it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I think, I think the real heroes now are the parents that don't do a gender reveal party. You people who don't do it, you are the real heroes. Keep it up. Fight the good fight. Don't give in to. Keep it a surprise. Yes. Keep it a surprise. Keep it a surprise. It's the best surprise of, of, of your life. And I don't know, for me, it was anyway. (laughs) You know, there's, there's, there's no. There's no problem having a little extra surprise at the end of that uh, that long ordeal. So there you go. Yeah, uh, Jen Watson, we love when you come on. Thanks for doing this today. And you're you're unfortunately today I cannot have you on to find any more mice at my house. But um, uh, oh, have you over? Okay. But um, next time. Good but enough. listen, thanks for yes. thanks for doing this. And uh, happy. What do you say to a woman on Happy Father's Day? Ha- please tell Jay Happy Father's Day for us and I all will. the rest of that stuff. <laughs> thanks for having me, Scott. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.
The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.